0: Hey there everyone I'm Naomi Mimela and you're listening to Smashing the Ceiling the podcast that tells the stories of women with interesting unusual and inspiring careers thank you so much for being with me today I really do appreciate each and every single one of you who listens if you fancy telling 10 people in the street today that you listened to a really great podcast then that would also be fab too then maybe show them how to download a podcast great Thanks, team. In the very first episode of this podcast, I spoke about my motivations behind starting this project, one of which was providing insight into employment worlds that you as a listener may never have considered before or know very little about. One of those areas for me is tech. It interests me, but the world of Silicon Valley seems a distant, impenetrable world of people with a much higher intellect than me, talking about things that I just don't really understand. I'm absolutely certain that this is probably a massive misconception, so I was really delighted to talk to today's guest, Hayley Leveson, to iron out my ignorance on this topic. Anyone who knows me will tell you that I am an innately curious person, so I was fascinated to hear about Haley's career, as she's too modest to say it herself, but she's really making waves in San Francisco. Hayley is the founder of Lady in Tech, an award-winning tech and lifestyle platform for next-generation female tech leaders and entrepreneurs and a contributor at Forbes, for whom she writes a weekly column on a variety of tech topics that are aimed at inspiring women into the tech industry. Haley's accolades and awards are numerous and impressive. She was named a top tech influencer by Ivy magazine this year, and included alongside Sheryl Sandberg of Lean In fame as one of the year's most influential women in tech. She's featured in the BBC's 100 Women and on ABC News, and is the co-founder of the Female Founders Community the largest online community of female founders. All this, and she's only in her mid-twenties. <laughs> Haley's drive and energy, her enthusiasm and hard work are staggering. I started by asking her about her interest in tech when it started and how she got going. Oh, hello, Hayley. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I was just going to start by asking you how you became interested in tech and what sparked your desire to follow a career in that sphere to begin with? Was it something you were always interested in or did you pick it up a bit later in life?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for including me today. I started, uh, I joined the tech industry actually through university. Uh, I started taking engineering classes when I was an undergrad at the University of Colorado at Boulder and found that it was an extremely exciting industry uh, because it's shaping the future world we live in. And from there, I uh, changed my degree to be more of a product management degree where I specialized in iOS and Android development.
0: Okay. So you started off being interested in being a journalist in being a journalist and then kind of moved on into that sort of techie side of things afterwards. And how did your career start when you left university? Did you jump straight into the tech industry or did you go into something else to begin with?
1: I did. So I started working I worked all throughout college uh, in the tech industry. So I worked for various tech companies such as Uber and Prezi. I worked as a PM in London at a small startup. And then after leaving university, I really wanted to understand, uh, get a feel for what it's like to work at a startup with less than five people in the first year. Um, so I started working for small startups as soon as I left university. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And what is it about the companies that were kind of on the small side to start with that was this that? caught your interest with those rather than going to like a bigger more established type of company
1: I felt I had gotten a lot of experience working for the larger companies while in college during summers and things like that and I, I'm interested in I was interested in starting a company and so I thought what better way to do that than to join an extremely exciting startup right away um, when they're first getting started and see what it's like to work directly for the founder and CEO And see how they hire and how they do everything from the ground up, from the very beginning.
0: Cool. And um, so you founded Lady in Tech Mm -hmm. in May of last year. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that is and
1: what you do? Sure. Lady in Tech uh, is an award winning tech and lifestyle platform for next generation female tech leaders and entrepreneurs. Uh, So the platform involves a lot of content and Community building among the, that community, a newsletter to keep women up to date with everything going on in terms of news and events and uh, special events with uh, venture capital firms.
0: And um, no, I was just gonna say because you you know, lots of people have ideas when you're an entrepreneur, and and lots of people kind of think, oh, I'd you know, I've got this idea, I'd love to start this company, but actually launching something like that can be really difficult so like how do you practically go around about launching a company like that and taking your idea for sort of from the drawing board to making a success of it I mm-hmm. guess
1: my approach was uh, reading everything I could about how successful companies successfully launched. And a, par- a big part of that research was reading everything Y Combinator has put out into the world. Y Combinator is uh, like the premier accelerator in the world. It's more difficult to get into Y Combinator than the most difficult university program in the world. And so I started reading uh, their materials and um, researching the founders uh, in their portfolio and and what they've done. And um got the idea uh, from their philosophy that the best thing to do to be a founder is to really just create something and launch it and and try growing something.
0: I'm just going to take a little pause here. Haley mentions Y Combinator a couple of times in this interview, and I'll be honest, I had absolutely no idea who they were. So to save you all a Google, if you're equally as clueless as me, the short version is that if you want to break into the tech industry with an idea for a business... Why Combinator are the people you want on your team? They invest in a multitude of new small companies twice yearly and support founders with ideas, strategy, and contacts as well as money. Basically, by all accounts, they're the bomb in Silicon Valley.
1: A huge thing I'm passionate about is diversity inclusion, and inclusion in tech, so I wanted to create a company around that um, and so I decided to do that and then launch it right away. And I think something that's really important uh, that we learned that I've learned through this, uh, is that it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It's just more important to get it out into the world and to iterate as you go.
0: And to me, like, you know, I'm coming from outside Silicon Valley and that area of California. Um, I see it as this kind of big bubble of, um, things that I don't really understand if I'm completely honest, you know, I don't know a lot about tech and that kind of thing. And you mentioned that you're really into gender and diversity and certainly, um, One of the things that associates in my mind about Silicon Valley is it's pretty male dominated by all accounts. Um, How did you find it when the kind of state of the tech world, both in Silicon Valley and elsewhere where you've worked with regards to gender and diversity over the years? Do you think it's changing? Like, how have you found it as a woman?
1: I have a a few personal stories in my own personal experience, but. I think uh it oh, cool we love to hear those. It's been it's been a year <laughs> since uh, Me Too and the Times Up movement really started and so it's going to be really interesting to see the new women in the workplace report which will be released I believe November 14th uh which is an annual report conducted by leanin.org and McKinsey on the state of women in corporate America. Wow, uh, okay. I think it'll be really interesting to see how those numbers change. Um this year, after the year of Me Too and Time's Up, um, there was a recent uh, survey done by Y Combinator on 88 of their female founders on sexual coercion and assault by angel and VC investors. And shockingly and horribly, they found that 22 percent of those surveyed experienced one or more inappropriate incidents by angels or VCs, included, uh, including okay. <laughs> unwanted sexual badgering. Sexual coercion or quid pro quo or unwanted sexual conduct. Um, So it's horrifying. They also found out uh, Mm -hmm. the reasons why uh, founders did report, and the main reason was uh, they wanted to make sure that other founders funded by the SBC would not be in contact with this person. So that's one of the main reasons why they shared. Uh, And then when founders did not report, um, their main reason was to protect their company for fear of retaliation.
0: hold up, let's just backtrack a little on that. 22% of women in a survey of female founders by one of Silicon Valley's premier investors reported one or more inappropriate incidents by an angel in inverted commas, or venture capitalist. They are the people on whom a female founder would be reliant for money. So these statistics reflect a huge abuse of power, secondary to a huge power imbalance. The lack of female investors in both tech and the wider venture capitalist world is a whole other topic, but it seems that the tech world may have to acknowledge that there's a bit of a problem here.
1: And there is was also a report released uh, last week by National Public Radio in America on entrepreneurship, and um, they found that entrepreneurs feel biased extremely keenly. Uh, gender bias is highest reported. Uh, the highest report is challenge for entrepreneurs, and um, including age bias and women of color reported highest the highest level of bias and uh, with increasing challenges with access to networks and capital. And so that was that was quite sad that that came out last week.
0: Clearly gender is an issue in the tech industry, but Hayley raises an interesting point here in these statistics about intersectionality. That is the crossover between race and gender, and the experience of black women in particular being worse than their white counterparts in business. Silicon Valley is pretty white, pretty middle class, and pretty male by all accounts. The classic Harvard College computer science grad really does stick, although people like Haley are working really hard to try and change this. Kimberly Crenshaw was the first proponent of the theory of intersectionality, and her work is really interesting. I'll put some links on the show's page for this week if you want to read more on this. Just going back to, you know, founding your company, how do you go about monetizing an idea? You know, often I talk a lot on the podcast with different guests about women being nervous about talking about Mm -hmm. money you know it's that kind of like last it's a big of a final taboo along with sex you know you kind of don't talk about sex and don't talk about money and like actually getting um you know making money from a business is hard and a lot of new businesses fail so how did you um how did
1: you launch into actually monetizing an idea Mm -hmm. as it were my strategy was first to build an audience And so build an audience of engaged uh, readers and develop that community. And then once I developed that over a period of like six months, I reached like 28,000 people. Um, Then I monetized through partnerships with top tech and lifestyle brands, including Dyson, Intuit, uh, General Assembly, Galvanize, et cetera. Wow. (laughs) That's some pretty big names. (laughs) So that was how I did it. At first, I didn't approach those brands at the get go. Uh, I approached them after I had a track record of developing, uh, producing this content through my company, and uh, organizing events. And that kind of presence was established before approaching and, and monetizing it
0: yeah cool so what kind of um what kind of things do you do with lady and tech and what sort of success have you had so far obviously you've got the online platform have you got do you hold a lot of um networking type things or do you have a lot of events in the san francisco area or how do you how do you how do you build your community like what is your community so we
1: build uh, we have an online component and we have the largest facebook group of female founders in the world and then we host events In person in san francisco we uh, we partner with different uh organizations to do that most recently uh we're we're doing a series with product hunt where we partner with them we hosted the first women only product hunt event Uh, and what we do around that is we bring in interesting panelists and host a discussion and, and put it on facebook live so that even if you can't attend in person you can you can see uh, the discussion and participate through um, Facebook. And then another thing we do is an ask me anything series with female tech founders. So we've, Um, Oh, cool. uh, Interviewed um, incredibly inspiring founders such as Jessica Ma and uh, do collect questions from the community, anything, and then do a live um, broadcast with them through Facebook where we get all those questions answered for everyone that's cool and so
0: um well now you've obviously built your business this is your full-time job you kind of you know you're obviously making a great success of things can you tell me a little bit about like how would what would your average week look like like how would you spend your time generally because I know you write for Forbes as well I do
1: I write a column for Forbes that inspires motivates and moves millennial women to enter the tech industry and build impactful products at scale to improve the world um so I split my time I spend a little bit of time Doing, writing my column for Forbes. I spent the rest of my time on Lady in Tech. And uh, I think one thing that helped build Lady in Tech's audience from the beginning was uh, crafting these stories, interviewing these entrepreneurs in a very real way. I think you see a lot in terms of media uh, that these just like extremely glamorized hero-like stories of founders. And uh, I took a different approach where... Um, Uh, Really asking hard questions and so that to give actionable advice for aspiring entrepreneurs and and entrepreneurs now uh, how to approach different challenges uh, and overcome them. Mm. And
0: what are the sort of challenges that you faced as you've launched the platform, you know, being a business owner? What are the kind of things that you are the walls that you've had to climb as you've been building your your audience and, and building your business?
1: I think one of the walls I've had to climb something that was difficult. I had my own kind of Me Too incident. Unfortunately, I uh, was approached by uh, the an editor in chief of a major magazine in San Francisco saying that he wanted to feature me um as a cover story and Lady in Tech's work. And um I spent hours doing interviews over the phone. And then at the last possible moment he was like, oh you have to do the photo for the cover. Um come to my house and do that. <laughs> and um oh yeah goodness. just horrific, very, very uh horrible. And I uh tried asking if there was I could do it in the offices. And he was like, no, you have to, if you want to get the story and you have to come to my house and take the photo there. And I was horrified. Uh, and I'm a part of this, um, social network for women. Most of the women are based in the Bay area. It's uh, called leap. It's, it was created by Y Combinator and I posted in the group. I said, this happened to me with this editor in chief, wasted a bunch of my time. Um, and, has anyone else experienced this? And like 12 women had also been approached by him and had the same thing happen to them. Um, so I think those, those types of things are just like a massive waste of your time. And, uh, when you're a startup founder, like time is of the essence and you have to move really fast and any bit of wasting time is, uh, sets you back. So that's, that, that was a challenge for me. Well, thank you for sharing that because it's
0: it's quite brave to talk about those sorts of things. And I know it's, you know, there has been a big move towards women being able to share stories of situations where they feel uncomfortable, but it's a big thing to actually acknowledge a man in a position of power and such a power imbalance like that when you're starting out a new company. And um, it's, I think by, by acknowledging those, we kind of being more open means women can be more supportive of each other because actually that kind of behavior is just, not really acceptable just going to ask you a little bit I often ask women um about mentors they've had and and who's have you had a particular mentor formally or have you had people who have um encouraged
1: you in your career so far and and how's that worked out for you absolutely I uh i I hadn't actually heard what a mentor was until going to college and I didn't understand how that relationship works. I remember having a professor and, and having a coffee meeting with her and just asking, can you be my mentor? Um, And it hasn't really worked like that uh, for me. And I don't think it works like that for a lot of people. I don't know if there's like a formalized agreement that there's a mentorship, um, but there's definitely been uh, one mentor I've had. um, That's just been unbelievably incredible Uh, I met her through getting involved with a nonprofit called Women in Product. It's a nonprofit for um, trying to increase inclusion in the product management field. And I met her through that. And that's how I actually got uh, a job in venture capital and I got to work closely with her and learn from her. And she was just an incredible, incredible leader. So inspiring. Um, she's now the product partner at Sparrow Ventures. Her name is Hanuen. And I've learned so much invaluable um, things from her and I'm so grateful.
0: That's super cool that you've had someone who's supported you to you like that, and um, I think it's um, you know I try to do this in my career. We talk about paying it forward, like you know spending, passing it on to the next generation. And um, it's obviously amazing with Lady and Tech that that's you know you're you've not even been around in the business for that long. It's not like you've been kind of doing it for thirty years or something, but you're already paying it forward in such a big way through the organization that you have founded. yeah, so um, I was just going to ask you about what's new and exciting in tech, because I kind of feel like people who are on the inside of the tech industry probably have all these insights about stuff that's going on that the rest of us mere mortals have no idea about until they've already been out for a year. Um, so <laughs> is there anything kind of new and exciting with AI and things that you come across in your work that you could tell us a little bit about?
1: Sure. I I do a lot of work, uh, help organizing uh, TEDx San Francisco, uh, which is, I don't know if you've I've seen a TEDx mm. talk before, uh, but, uh, TEDx San Francisco brings together, uh, thought leaders and kind of different areas of technology. And, uh, one that I saw that really struck out, um, stuck out to me last week actually was about how few women are in AI and the huge implications that has in terms of, um, uh, Decisions that affect people, according to the law and uh, hiring and things like that, and how I think AI right now is about twelve percent women. It's much lower than other areas in the tech industry. It might be the lowest in terms of being mostly uh, men, and uh, that's really frightening and scary at the moment. But there are some incredible people building things uh, to help women get into AI, including OpenAI um, is. Uh, helping people become fellows and without a uh, PhD in machine learning and, and things like that get into the field, which is really exciting. So there's a lot of positive change in terms of inclusion in AI.
0: And do you have a theory about why AI is it so bad and and so low? Like, what is it do we think that puts women off from going into that field particularly do you have a theory on that
1: whenever there is a field that is mostly men I think that's discouraging to women and we see that here in terms of when companies get started it's now I think well known that it's so important to have gender parity from the get-go or very soon when when you start hiring as a startup because once you're a startup of 15 men no woman is going to want to join your company Mm-hmm. really. So I think it's so important from the get go. Uh, another thing I think that turns a lot of women off, um, from entering AI is that, uh, I think people have the belief, uh, that it's like a very selective club. You have to have a PhD in machine learning. You have to have, um, all of these credentials, which really you don't to enter the field. And so that's why all of these new resources such as that open AI is providing and I think fast AI, um, to include more people um, into the field is extremely exciting and so important. Hmm.
0: And do you see AI as being the future, Haley? Like, do you think that is going to be the next big thing? You know, in the way that the internet has been the thing of the last twenty years. Do you do you think
1: that AI is
0: going to be the next the next huge thing to come? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think it's uh, extremely important and exciting, and um, doing everything I can to learn as much as possible about it.
0: Mm. That's cool. And just talking about, you mentioned about working for TEDx. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do for them and and a little more about what they do in San Francisco? Obviously, most people will be aware of the existence of TED and TEDx, I'm sure. Sure, but...
1: yeah. So TED is the larger organization. Uh, they put on a few major events a year and you, they're, most of them are invitation only. And then TEDx um, are different licensed Uh, curators that uh, you apply for a license as someone in a city or a town, and then you can get granted a license to do a TEDx event. And and then you curate uh, amazing thought leaders on a subject matter. Um, Ours in San Francisco for the past three years has been Dare to Know. So Dare to Know about various technologies in different areas, such as AI, food, uh, different things like that. Uh, And it's extremely exciting and To be able to see, uh, learn about new things, uh, a ton of new things in one day by incredible thought leaders and people at the forefront of what they're doing in their field.
0: That sounds so cool. And and that's a volu- that's a volunteer position,
1: is it? Like is that something other people could get involved with in other cities? Absolutely, yeah. All TEDx events are volunteer run and volunteer based. So I, I really enjoy spending my time doing that and anyone can become a can apply to become a curator or apply to uh, help with a TEDx event in their city or town if it exists. And um I was just going to touch on a couple of other
0: things you've done in your career cuz you've packed a lot in. Like you really have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was I love the fact that, in addition to like all your tech things and an amazing um business acumen that you've managed to fit in becoming a yoga instructor as well, which is pretty awesome. Is that still quite a big part of your life?
1: it is i I find it really hard to maintain balance as a founder. i I work seven days a week, uh, and um I think it's so important to stay physically and and mentally healthy to support the rest of your work and what you're doing. Uh, so i became a yoga instructor um, a little while ago. I studied yoga in a remote jungle in Costa Rica uh, for a month straight um, and um, then have just carried that forward as being a major part of my life and um, how I get exercise and calm my mind.
0: And what advice would you give to anyone who would be thinking that a career in tech is a possibility for them? Like, do you have any... Do you have any pieces of advice in terms of maybe startups or entrepreneurships or just the kind of tech world in general?
1: I think it's the most exciting industry in the world and is shaping the future world we live in. I think it is incredibly important to get more minorities and, and women into tech and different resources for joining the industry if you're interested and don't have a big background. And it would be to join various groups on Facebook and Uh, find an area of tech that interests you the most and learn as much as you can about that and then establish um, connections with those people through events or online and, and just get in it and don't be afraid if you don't have the qualifications.
0: I really, really like what Haley says here about not being intimidated if you feel you haven't got the right qualifications for a job. That is such a female thing that I hear time and time again at networking events or from other successful women, that women just previously haven't had the confidence to apply for a job if they didn't fit all the criteria, whereas a man may just think, yeah, I could do that, why not, and go for it anyway. I'm a terrible person at taking my own advice on this, but if you feel passionate about something, then do just go for it. Don't be afraid to try. If you fail, you fail, but as long as you don't die or starve in the process, you can always try again. As usual, I gave the floor to Haley to finish, and asked if there was anything else that she wanted to add.
1: I think uh, one other thing I'd like to share uh, that I thought was a really interesting insight um, from the NPR survey I mentioned above was that even though there are a lot of trade offs to being an entrepreneur, uh, health and relationships suffer. Uh, but 93% of entrepreneurs Survey described entrepreneurship as having a strong, positive impact on their lives, citing so more increased motivation, resourcefulness, fulfillment, confidence, and passion. And I think it's an incredibly exciting journey, and I hope more women will become entrepreneurs.
0: And, um, if people want to find out about your work, what are
1: your, where's the best place to find you? Web links, all that kind of thing. Give us a little promo. Sure. Yeah. Uh, find me online at ladyin.tech and all social networks at either LadyInTech tech or Haley Leapson and, um, subscribe to our newsletter to keep, to stay updated. And have you got anything exciting
0: coming up? Like any, have you got any big events coming up over the next couple of months or anything else that you can tell us about? We
1: have a few events in the pipeline. Another one we're really excited about with Product Hunt uh, this November. So Product Hunt is a community of uh, product builders, uh, designers, people interested in building things and uh it's an incredible community and platform created by uh Ryan Hoover and then was acquired by Angelist and it's incredible it's an incredibly exciting platform to learn about the newest coolest things in in tech and what people think of them so for anyone who wants the inside
0: scoop on the latest news from Silicon Valley the tech industry or what's new in the app market check out producthunt.com. There is a whole new world out there waiting for you. Thanks so much to Haley for joining me and thanks so much for listening. I'm Naomi Mella and this has been Smashing the Ceiling. Please subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to leave a nice review on your favorite podcast site as it helps others to find us. More importantly, if you enjoyed it, spread the word as word of mouth is still the most powerful form of advertising. You can follow us on Twitter at Smashing Ceiling and on Instagram at Smashing The Ceiling, and we'll hopefully see you next time.